And we are here for another episode of Let's Talk About Thrones. I am Lord Commander Richard from somewhere, and you you know... It can't be of the Night's Watch anymore, right? It can't be of the Night's Watch, and I don't want to be anywhere near the wall because that thing's going to fall down. But, (laughs) hey, that voice that you hear is from the esteemed... Anthony Lemos, how are you? I am doing well. I'm glad to talk about this episode with you guys today. We're doing a little bit different, a, a rough schedule, so this might actually pop up in people's podcatchers a little early, and if so, congratulations to you. Um, that is crazy. And, you know, this is a more normal episode, so I think we might actually be able to get through this in an hour or so. <laughs> but also, of course, we have with us... Miss Jenny, or now not not Sir Jenny. I think you are. Are are you? What would you be? I'm Sarah. I'm Sarah Jenny of Why by the Cow when you can get the milk for free. Oh, <laughs> nicely done. Nicely yeah. done. All right. Well, let's dive right into episode eight oh four, and yeah. here we are. Back to what I would consider a more normal Game of Thrones episode. We yeah. have a couple acts. We have some plotting going on. We have a little bit of pre-action. But it all starts out, and it's still fucking dark! <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, <sighs> it starts out, well... It starts out with the big funeral. Yeah. Now, yeah. you have to assume that at least a day, if not more days, have passed because everyone has been amassed and laid out on the, the I don't know what you call them, but I'm sure the things you burn people on have a name. Funeral pyre. pyres. Funeral pyres. Okay. Pyre with a Y. Got it. And everybody's sad. And I, Jenny... <laughs> Please tell me how you described this scene. Um, is it something that I wrote down? <laughs> I oh. love how you say. Oh, um, scene of many. Oh, sad goodbyes to many reasonable and sensible people. Jorah, Liana, Barak, Ed, and also Theon. <laughs> Followed by a pan across who is still alive. And like I said, like I predicted. Many of the people who <coughs> who died were the people who were reasonable and and good gave good advice, good sensible advice to the people who are still alive. Yep. Yeah. Now, luckily, we still have some of those alive. We still mm-hmm. have Davos alive. Mm-hmm. We still Tyrion. have Tyrion alive. We still have Varys alive. Although, yeah. although his sensibilities mm-hmm. may be wavering, along we with will. Definitely yeah. be talking about that. Along with Tyrion, they both seem to be wavering and op- their, their tops falling in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, then, uh, well, I'm sorry, you, Richard, you, you tell us what you thought of this funeral pyre scene. It was sad. It was sad. That's what it was. Sad. It was sad. It was sad and dark. And we had what seemed to be this kind of very formal, almost rehearsed move where specific people came out and lit specific pyres and then magically all of them are on fire Mm -hmm. 
And it's a big-ass fire because a lot of people died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was going to say, as far as set dressing goes, they had six actual pyres, and then they CG'd the rest of them in there, but you couldn't tell in some of the ways they shot the photography with the flames coming up around the actors and stuff. was It was really good. It was really uh, impactful. Um, but where did the ditch go that they had all the that they dug around Winterfell? But anyway, yeah, yeah who knows? But that you know, it's it's another day. John <laughs> makes an expected speech. I don't think there was anything notable there, was there? It was reminiscent no, felt, yeah. to their their call at the at the of the Night's Watch, um, saying that these these the slain were the shields that guarded the realms of men. Uh, he didn't go so far as to say that now their watch has ended, but it was it was reminiscent of that. It was kind of a northerny and a, a, a night's watch kind of blend. So it felt very in tune with with the scene. Yeah, yeah, and and everybody's tired. Like that's yeah. the big takeaway. Everybody is tired, and everybody looks exhausted. So cut to the big hall where you would think they would be having I don't know something of a celebratory feast but everybody's just really really down yeah yes well you know especially you get to later but half of basically half of each of the armies died so half right. the people that each of these people know are no longer around and I'm really surprised that half of the Dothraki survived because they certainly didn't portray it that way. Right. So I'm glad. I'm glad that's the case. That means that there are lots of troops left, but you have the major players all in the hall having this feast. Nobody seems all that happy. Lots of weird looks from Sansa because that's all she seems to know how to give Daenerys. Well, that's the look of is my brother fighting with his girlfriend? Are they fighting? Is my brother fighting with his girlfriend? That is the look that kept getting thrown around the hall because those two should have been like all like, we did it. I love you. I love you too. Oh my God. And they're not for reasons we know. Yeah. Um, I like to call this <coughs> the hail the victorious dead scene from Return of the King because all it needed was um, uh, Bernard Hill going hail the victorious dead um and you know it's pretty solemn but then gendry's made a lord and everybody gets drunk and this scene whips around for like a long time doing a lot of different things um and all of them are i think it's a beautifully executed scene and it's my favorite kind of scene in which people are talking not just slicing at zombies yeah, no, absolutely. We have a lot of great conversation. That's one of the things that the show is great at. It's one of the things that the actors are really good at. So I'm glad we we get back to that. We have a lot of kind of awkward moments that end up being funny. We have this very strange thing with Tormund, who it is kind of just goaded to drink a horn full of whatever it was he was drinking, and I think it was him who said he didn't, I don't want to throw up or no, was it John? Someone was like, oh, I don't want to end up throwing up. Yeah, it was John. It said something about, uh, I don't know how, celebra- how how big of a celebration throwing up is or whatever. Yeah. Um, and this is also the scene right here where they have the mysterious cup of coffee in the background on the table. 
That, uh, <laughs> which I totally missed. I, I I noticed something was weird in that scene, but I didn't see what it, like recognize what it was, and I kind of just passed it off. And then when I saw the Twitter pictures later, I was like, oh, and I went and confirmed. And of course, the great C. Robert Cargill is the tweet that I saw, and it had perfectly framed that there's a basically a Starbucks cup sitting in front of Danny where John was. <laughs> Yeah, oh we have a little bit of a glitch there. Yeah, a little. And, and of course, they his, couldn't his get quote that was, out though. Nobody noticed. Yeah, of course, his his quote was that this is proof that uh, uh, right that Game of Thrones is actually a post apocalyptic uh, story. <laughs> no, what what I liked, what I liked is that this was proof. The Westeros is actually part of Westworld. Ah, I like that too. The music is getting so similar that I'm just like, yep. Um, so I want to do just a quick whip around and yeah, we can yeah, point out any it. highlights. But basically it goes Jamie and Brienne, Davos and Tyrion, Tyrion and Bran, which that's an important scene where that you hear the last of the Starks and Bran's like, I'm not a lord of Winterfell. Mostly I live in the past, which, you know, again, you want to foreshadow this more like this has got to come up. You don't just let Bran live in the past. you got to go see Bran in the past. Um, there's a lot of awkward looks. Then a two drunk lions play. I never with a tall blonde. Um, <laughs> everyone is like around John, who's clearly the popular kid who just won the football game, even though, um, you know, his sister did. But she's not there. Danny is not happy. Varys notices. She's getting that, like, her father face. Uh, Tormund loses the game of Brienne. <laughs> um, and Tyrion has this great moment where he just is like, Tormund's, like, going to go after him. And, and then Tyrion just, like, slyly fills Tormund's cup and is like, don't even think about it. Yep. So he brother blocked for Jamie. Uh, then... Uh, uh, that is sort of like, oh, and then there's this like, Torment is so sad and he loses and then he immediately finds someone else. Yep. Um, and then there's this one scene and I had a little bit of trouble with this little scene lit, which was Sansa and the Hound. And I understood the intention of it. And it's one thing for Bran Stark to be like, everything you did is okay because it led me where I am today. We've heard that beat twice in this season. Mm -hmm. I didn't fucking like it from Sansa. I really didn't because Sansa has endured really traumatic stuff. So, and for her to so, be sort of like, it's all okay, Hound, I didn't like it. Well, let's break this down a little bit because the Hound, uh, Sansa approaches the Hound and, and the Hound is basically like, none of this, you know, none of the bad things would have happened to you if you'd left King's Landing with me. And she turns it around and says, well, you wouldn't be who you are and I wouldn't be who I am if those things hadn't happened. So it's all good is essentially how it came out. And yeah. two things come of that one. I mean, while technically correct, it didn't feel right. And two, right. as I saw on Twitter, there's never been a more obvious sign that this show is written by two men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there were two things in that and two white men to be specific. Like the, <laughs> there were two times there that Twitter was just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we'll get there. Uh, I do feel like it was a little bit of a callback for people who forgot just kind of how things played out. And so while it might have been an awkward moment, 
that that whole point. I was like, oh, right. And then for her to just say, oh, but it's all okay, just seemed so weird. Just so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's also a point in here where uh, before he's dicta- or directed to be or uh, declared Lord of Storm's End, um, good old uh, Gendry is mentioned as Gendry Rivers, which would meant yeah. he would have been from the Riverlands, but he was actually born in Flea Bottom, so he should have been Gendry Waters. But they're getting kind of technical now, so. Yeah, I just saw a tweet that was basically like, they keep making all these mistakes, but I guess if you're doing like 75 night shoots, everybody's tired, so. (laughs) I would imagine, but you would also think that they would be on their game because everyone is watching every little detail right now. Especially the Or they're just like, fuck it. Yeah. So, okay. So then you've got these two back-to-back sort of like getting it on scenes. Uh, Gendry now of Lord of... Storm roots it. What's it? Storm's end uh, <laughs> is immediately like I'm a lord. I'm gonna find my lady, and Arya's like, "Fuck no, I'm uh, no one." Yeah, and, and she does and it, it was, nicely. It, it was it was a beautiful scene, actually. Yeah, he just opens his heart to her. He's so excited because he finally feels like he's her equal, if you will, and she wants him to spend she wants he wants her to spend her life with him and she's like someone would be lucky to have you they have this passionate kiss before she breaks that news and she walks off and i'm thinking you're not even gonna like just have some i don't know celebratory sex before just being all sulky Mm -hmm. and leaving uh okay this is a question for jenny Yes. How much of him feeling that now that he's been declared a lord plays into Arya's lack of desire for him? Because it seemed like the way he presented it, well, he's saying, well, the last thing that we had to hold us apart was the fact that you're a lady and I'm not a lord. And now that I'm a lord, we can be together and in my mind, Arya was that, that was almost like a turnoff for Arya. Like, oh well, you think that's what was 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 keeping us yeah. apart? Well, now now it's over. Like, I, I think it's just that she was on a mission, you know. Like, she's just still got her mission, and she's not really. I think she went in for the experience, and I think she really does care for Gendry. But I think that. Um, she knows her future is not with him. I mean, for all we know, the moment that she's done with her little list, uh, Jock and Hakar is going to show up and drag her by her hair back to the House of Faces or whatever. The House of Black oh, and White. I'm so yeah. stupid. I'm so stupid. I forgot she's still on her list. Yes, yeah. she still has names on her list. So it really is more about, like, I can't be somebody's lady. Also, she's just... She's not a lady. She's not some man or wife. She's a she's a stone cold assassin. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, so let's go to a warmer scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. I mean, like imagine if you were a guy and you'd only ever fucked your sister. And so you'd never really had to seduce her cuz you've known her since the moment you existed. <laughs> How bad at bedside seduction would you be? And the answer is this scene. Really, really bad. Yeah. 
really, really bad. bad. So really uncool. Bad. Oh, it's so hot in here. I need to take off some clothes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, oh, I, here. <laughs> I was an awkward teen, and even uh, even I mastered mastered the uh, the single snap bra removal. Yeah. And it was clear that Jamie had never had to learn any finesse ever about anything in this scene he had never been that struggling teen boy hoping to get the girl like <laughs> yeah it's crazy it's crazy how awkward they portrayed him he didn't even look good in this scene he looked all disheveled and just it, the whole thing was so bizarre yep. and i love that she's just like oh Come on, I'll do it for you. But then she, again, but then you really, she not didn't know how to do it. <laughs> right. And not even thinking of anything of it. So he starts undoing her, uh, whatever you call it. It's not a blouse. And and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I so mean, it if begins. you think about it, if you talk about having sex with people you're not related to, I guess he's a virgin, too. Right. It was, it was, it was exactly like two virgins <laughs> on prom night. Like, they yeah. couldn't figure it out. They, they, that goes where? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, anyway, I thought it was adorable. I thought it was really cool that they finally had their moment together. But... As all good things in Game of Thrones, we don't let that last. You know, they they have a moment, they have a scene, and then you think that they're going to have more of them because he decides later that he's going to stay behind and stay with her. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Hey, we had this awesome scene with John and Danny. Yes. Danny gives John an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. You want to be with me? You want to be with me? Then you got to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Which lasts about 2.3 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, is a, like which is a theme a very, in this episode. If I was going to name yes. the theme, it'd be 2.3 seconds. That'd be the yes. theme of this episode. Because everything lasts exactly 2.3 seconds. <laughs> Everybody's well, gloomy now. in the hall. 2.3 yeah. seconds later, everybody's happy and laughing and getting drunk. And then 2.3 seconds later, Danny's storming off in, a, in anger. Mm-hmm. And yeah. John and, and Brianne, their relationship lasts 2.3 seconds. <laughs> uh, you mean Jamie and Brianne? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, we, there's, wow. Uh, first of all, I didn't expect John to. Be willing to still be in love with her. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. He does not seem to be as bothered by the auntie thing as we all suspected. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I really got the feeling that they're both disturbed more about his lineage than about his familial distance. Like it's yeah. it's more about the, this conflict between Danny's right to the throne and John's right to the throne or Danny's claim to the throne and John's right to the throne than it is about this anti-nephew relationship. Absolutely, because they have a moment of passion and then they kind of pull away and they have still this more discussion and it's like, oh, okay, um, well, I, you need to shut up or uh, we this can't happen. He's like, but I want this to happen. Yeah, well, you know how to make that happen. Keep your mouth shut. 
Yeah. I, yeah. I, and, and she has a good point, right? Her point plays out exactly. Her point is if you tell anyone, then people will find out and you will be forced to take the throne. He's like, I don't want the throne. I bend my knee to you. I know, but they will force you to take the throne mm-hmm. because it is yours. But that's not what I want. I will always. So, and sure enough, we'll end up having that conversation. Oh, right. Um, Next. Yeah. <laughs> Where they talk in the Godswood. And it took me a while to realize, oh, it's all the remaining Starks. Mm-hmm. Last of the Starks. Having a discussion at the tree. And they're like, oh, well, you know, you're a Stark. And he's like, well. And Bran looks at him and says, it's your choice to make. Which isn't because once you say it's your choice to make, everybody's like, what choice? What are you talking about? What's going on? So that's not really a choice. That's a word you say out loud. No, no, we we did. We did skip over the little battle plan scene, which pre-cursed this because... um, the, you know, the, Danny's like, "Well, we're going to do this. We're going to do this," and and Sansa wants to do something else, and John has to, you know, be the deciding factor. Well, I'm going to support Danny, and then everybody goes to leave after that, and that's when Arya steps in front of John, and they're like, "We need to talk." So they already knew oh, something was going yeah, on, yeah, yeah. something was up, and now it, it kind of comes to a head at the Godswood, and John, being the honorable person he is, because we know how well that fares for people in this world has to tell them the truth about his lineage because he owes them that for whatever reason. Like, it's right. just... <sighs> I mean, I think that the lesson that he learned from... He and Sansa learned in season seven was just share all the information. So I do think that he did make the right choice, but it is going to burn his ass in the end. Um, and also, like, Arya, you know... Uh, what I found so interesting about this scene was that Arya basically was like, John made the right decision, lay off. Like her, she she is the shifting point in the triangle here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Uh, wait, did we talk about the whole strategy scene? Or did we just kind of skippy skippy? No, we ended up right. kind of skipping it because it was interspersed with stuff. So let's let's go back to that yeah. a little bit. Because I thought this was so interesting because you really are getting in this scene where uh, Grey Worm is basically like half, half are gone. Right. And then you get Sansa basically saying like, look, everybody needs a break. You can't just ride out for Minas Tirith without a break. Uh, and yes, I said that on purpose because this whole thing is just Return of the King at this point. Uh, and, um, you know, so, and then Danny's like, are you really going to stiff on your bill? And John's like, no, no, she's going to pay the bill. And, you know, it, it's a really interesting scene of two leaders. And if, you know, I hate to say it, but for the rest of this episode, if anyone had listened to Sansa, like things might be uh, different. Yeah. Anyway, that's the rift that leads them to the Godswood. Yes. And I think the Godswood scene is really interesting because this is probably the last time you're going to see all these kids together. Ah, that's a really good point. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they all head kind of different directions. You know, Bran is is doing his, I need to live in the past and 
And so he's not physically going anywhere, but he's mentally already half checked out anyway. Yeah. And Sansa is going to stay in the north. Arya heads off her direction, which we'll get to in a little bit. And then John is going to head to Dragonstone with Danny. Mm-hmm. What's amazing to me is that we had a very similar discussion, either in the first or second episode, where, Anthony, you pointed out how of all these people in this scene, many of them are never going to see each other again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, and that was the second the second episode as they were preparing for, for battle. And we've already seen some of that come to fruition with uh, this talk that Sansa and uh, and Theon had. And, you know, that was like their last moment together in this and that. And these are all things that, are, that, that get kind of crazy as we're going forward. And this episode just really sets the scene for, for later. And I, I stand by that. Like, these people are saying goodbye forever. Yeah. Most, if not... Yeah, Tormund's going north. Well, we'll get to that in a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. Most, if not all these people are saying... I mean, this is going to be a, a scene from Departed, right? Where there's like going to be one main character that survives the whole thing, and that's it? One named mm-hmm. character? Um, so, hmm. yeah. Maybe. Maybe. All right, well, we do have a, a greeting. We get to see someone we haven't seen in a long time. Bron. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Bronn shows up with a crossbow to make a better deal, which is very Bronn. Yeah, it's so Bronn. Yeah. Yeah. And I really enjoyed this scene because I, I never thought in my life I would hear the sentence, what's a double of River Run? And without missing a beat, Tyrion's like, hi, Garden. And I was like, holy crap, that's brilliant. Yeah, and yep. here's the really brilliant part. Our good friend, Sir Richard of the Night's Watch, Lord Commander Richard over here, is starting to remember the names of places. Yeah! <laughs> He's like, oh, River Run, that's that place by the river in Highgarden. That's the place where Elena died. Got it. Okay, I'm, I'm on board now. <laughs> yeah, it only took eight seasons. <laughs> and a map. <laughs> that helped, too. Um, I really also love this scene because Bronn very accurately says, like, Oh, you think I can't be the fancy lord of Highgarden? What do you think your fancy lord great-grandparents were? They were me. And I just, like, man, that guy just has it. He's yeah, like, this is an exceptionally deep cut into the yeah. tertiary material showing that shows the origin of uh, House Lannister and how they came to own Casterly Rock by basically swindling it from the lords that were there before. Yep. And the the Castellans, I believe was the name of the family. But yeah, this is one of those things that if you know the lore in the background, it was just pure payoff for you. If you didn't, it kind of just blew right over it and it was just a thing. Okay, well, now, yeah. Like me. Yeah, now, now you know a little bit more about it, but you didn't need any details. But if you knew the details, this is a huge payoff. Yep. Okay, so one, a crazy theory from, believe it or not, me on this one. I'm going to theorize. Based on wait, a wait, we, speculation I, that you guys, I need to mark have this brought to the table. I need to right? mark this because I got to put a sounder in this recording. Mm-hmm. The Lannisters always pay their debts. Who made this promise? Tyrion, right? Not Jamie, right? Yep. Just saying. Yep. So Jamie definitely did not make it. Um, okay, so that's that scene. Then the Hound and Ari, the Hound's like trotting off alone. He's got a date with Clegane Bowl. 
you know, there's, there the Clegane Bowl lives. Uh, and then he's joined by Arya, who has a date with the remaining name or names on her list. Uh, Which we're supposed to glean, but I had forgotten about by now. And the list, by, the list is life. By the way, the the two names that I know that are still on the list, I think the only two people that are still alive, Cersei and the Mountain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have a common enemy. Mm-hmm. That's that could be fun. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now there could be other names. Yep. I'm not saying those are the, only, the you know definitively, but uh, that's all I remember at the at, right now at the time of recording. Um, so that's a nice scene. Uh, I really like the thing. He's like, uh, if I get in trouble, are you going to leave me to die? And she's like, probably. (laughs) And and this brings out this, the, the only two times like in forever we've seen maybe, maybe ever at all. We've seen Mm -hmm. the hound smile. We're both in this episode and both by Stark sisters. Mm -hmm. Sansa, when she mentions Renly died by hounds, he got Mm -hmm. a chuckle out of that. And then when uh, uh, Ari, uh, Ari, Aria, <laughs> I'm confusing her own names now. When Arya says uh, probably, he chuckles at that as well. Like th- we've never seen him happy about anything, but these two sisters have found a ways in their demonic little minds to make him laugh. And I thought that was just precious. Hmm. Um, okay. So then we have some more goodbyes. This whole scene should have. This whole episode should have been called goodbye. Um, so there's a brief shot with Danny watching her dragons and Rhaegal has a pretty serious hole in his wing but everything seems like it should be okay with that dragon and Um, he was able to fly again with a little bit floppy but he was able to fly yep uh so wait did we miss the scene where everybody says bye we did no no not yet where where John and everyone say bye no we haven't we haven't missed it yet Okay, no. so before we, we that, I guess... We have this scene with Sansa and Tyrion. I feel like we did miss it, though. Where Sansa can't keep her mouth shut. Yeah, Sansa really kept that secret for a whole 30 seconds. 2.3 2. seconds. 2.3 yeah, seconds. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so a lot, of, a lot of what people have been saying online is that Sansa is really channeling her inner Cersei in these last several episodes. Not that she's trying mm. to grab the power, but she's trying to maintain the autonomy of the North. And in yep. this scene where she's talking to Tyrion and she tells Tyrion the truth about John, she's not channeling Cersei. She's channeling Littlefinger. She's yeah. playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. And good for her. And she knows that like chaos is a ladder. So what more chaos could there be than telling them that there's another Targaryen in the mix? Right. And I found this interesting because again, she's not doing it for her own power. She's doing it for the sovereignty of her, of her, yeah, uh, her lands, you know, of her yeah. people, not necessarily for herself. She, she doesn't necessarily want to be queen, but she wants to make sure that, that Winterfell as a, as a nation maintains sovereignty. And I think you know that's what? Just a, women oh. can smell crazy and other women from eight miles off. <laughs> it's gonna make it real simple i can smell crazy on another lady you know i am totally rational totally everybody has their right to their own version of crazy but i can smell it from a mile away and so can sansa uh, i wish like, i could it would have saved me a marriage um <laughs> richard did early that's why he's got a husband instead he figured that mm-hmm. one out early mm-hmm. <laughs> so the whole idea here is like uh that She's like, well, chaos is a ladder. Let me drop a little chaos in here for a good purpose. And really leaves us like, what if there's someone else better? 
And pretty much the crazy thing is, is that everybody realizes that John is the better one. Like even right. Daenerys, like Daenerys knows inherently John yeah. is better than her. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that really bugged her in that scene in the hall mm-hmm. where everybody was kind of crowding around him, giving him all the attention. And she's like, wait, but I'm queen. I just, we just defeat. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, the, um, the, the whole, I wrote a dragon too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's get over the sad stuff quickly. Yeah. We had a lot of goodbyes. Bye, John. Bye, Tormund. Bye, Sam. <laughs> Bye, Gilly. Bye, Ghost, who I've known since you were born, but I just sent you to live with your foster father. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't really know that I understand that one. And then, of course, we have this... Almost ridiculously staged scene as John and Davos ride out of Winterfell and the four of them that he just said goodbye to all stand at the door in a mm-hmm. pose that could be a promotional picture for the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and let's not, let's not forget the fact that we were all right when we said Gilly was pregnant. Yes. Yeah. Because that was... well. I'm thinking maybe the actresses, too, because they weren't hiding it all that well no. a while ago. No. It's just been, yeah. it's been, it is known, Jon Snow. Yeah, it is known. Um, okay, so then we have the first of two scenes that I will say felt just a smidgy repetitive, even though I like them. But they did right. a mortal sin of, of, of basically conveying the same information twice. Um mm which is really not a good TV thing to do. So I call this the Reddit conversation in which they wrap up all the threads that people talk about on Reddit. People like John <laughs> better. He's a war hero. Well, can't they just marry? Oh no, she's your aunt. Bearing's not common in the North. Reddit, Reddit, Reddit. Then like th- they have like this whole conversation about it. That's just like checking off the internet comments. So that's like setup one. Uh, You're talking and then, about the conversation like, sh- between Varys and Varys and Tyrion. And Tyrion, yeah. Where, which and, and I this call, kind of confirms yeah. that Tyrion did not know about John. Yeah, that's right. right. Because this is obviously news to him, which yeah. now he does. And uh, although, although it, it gives it us the best line, him. it gives us the best line yeah. of the episode, and that's how many people know about this, including you, eight. Well, that's that's not a secret. That's information. Yeah, I love that line. That's such a good you line. You know, and, and this is also the beginning of the seeds of Varys' descent. So yeah, that's, better that's, option that's, for that's the people. Th- really the only reason this scene was important is because it, it sows that first seed, which we later cultivate a little bit, but that's the, that's really the only important part of this scene. Yeah. Um, so then shit goes bad. Yeah, quickly. Like, really quickly. Yeah, apparently <laughs> someone is a better sailor. Uh, <laughs> Euron Greyjoy, for all of his weirdness, apparently knows how to be in the right place at the right time. And these ding-dongs with their ships don't. Right. Um, and that's exactly how it came off. We're watching this, and Edward's like, oh my god, I can't believe they didn't expect that. Yeah, And I, I'm like, you know, every single time, they are one step ahead Every single time. Yeah. Here's here's the thing for me though. It's not for okay. So initially, I I I saw the scene of Danny flying Drogon and watching Rhaegal, 
and looking at him admirably like, oh, he's doing so good. He's recovering so well. And in my mind, I was like, that's foreshadowing something's going to happen to Regal. And then this, hmm. then he gets shot mm-hmm. three times and starts to fall. And I was like, that wasn't foreshadowing. That was a lead-in. Like the foreshadowing mm-hmm. was way back when Drogon and Danny were watching Regal take off, take flight, you know, back at Winterfell. That was the foreshadowing because this is, mm-hmm. this is such a quick scene. And Rhaegal goes down like nobody's business. So apparently they had exactly three shots of, of plus four arrows uh, before they ran out and they couldn't hit Danny to save their life. Well, no, they had plenty of arrows. They just didn't seem to... Well, so first of all, they redirected them to ships. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So we we took down a dragon, so now let's take down their ships with arrows. Like... How friggin' cool was that? Mm-hmm. I saw one comment where they were like, well, apparently Euron doesn't care about the warranty sticker on his on his scorpion because now he's going to use it for the incorrect purpose and start taking down yeah. ships. <laughs> exactly. But that was so friggin' cool. And, and like he literally takes them down. Everybody ends up just kind of having to dive off. They climb up on shore. Meanwhile, she's still in the air dodging these arrows like crazy, but she can't get close enough to burn them all up. And that's the whole thing. Like Edward's asking me, why doesn't she just fire at them? I said, because she can't get there. Like they are keeping her at bay. So she can't be a distance where Drogon can, can uh, light them up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You got to watch those, uh, anti-aircraft ships and also Rhaegal doesn't have a rider like Drogon is definitely responding to commands from what's her face Danny yeah and so that works and if I don't think John would have been able to like prevent that John would probably have been dead so uh that all happened Um, also a really like a, a graphic and well executed scene I think when he gets hit I mean, it's kind of horrible how he yeah. spits blood and falls, just kind of dives into the water. Mm-hmm. Again, these things are fake and they make you care about them. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody washes up on the beach except Miss Unday and she is Miss Unmissing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was a stretch, but well done. <laughs> and- <laughs> You know, and Cersei has this line, uh, you you get another Cersei satisfied looking at a window scene. And like some ways these beats are starting to repeat in a way that's not good, but whatever. And then she's like breaker of chains indeed. And they've got Miss Unday in chains, which I found really upsetting. Um, and it just... We have a lot of weird stuff going on There's in this scene, right? a lot of weird scene, stuff right? going on in this She's scene. looking out the window. Euron is there. Kyburn is there. She says something to Euron about their baby. Uh-huh, which is important. Yeah. And Euron's like, oh, really? 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 It's mine? It's we mine? We have a his little salty baby. Yeah, and, the, of course... The lions will rule the land and the kraken will rule the sea. And uh, one day... <laughs> Our child will rule them all. Mm-hmm. Nice. And of course, because he doesn't believe it, he looks over at Kyburn, who, uh, you know, of course that's who you would ask to confirm that. 
He knows, and he nods wisely. Mm-hmm. So weird. Yeah. Just so weird. weird. But it's there to set up a very specific thing. So, okay. Sorry, you guys. It's been a long day. So then you get the second scene, and here's where I have a really specific gripe, okay? Okay, guys. You're in Dragonstone. You're in the biggest, echoiest room that's right next to the room where your leader spends the most time and this is where you're going to have a conversation that basically amounts to treason you two ding-dongs they even say yeah that it's treasonous to talk about it yeah and they're talking about i mean in an let, open let room the let alone the physics of the sound in the space boom you're boom, in the freaking throne room yeah, yeah it's crazy yeah so i have a i have a you know, two spies, one spy and one strategist having this conversation is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But anyway, yeah. get, it's the same conversation, but it gets same. a little bit more specific. Right? Same conversation. And this time, you know that Varys is definitely not on board yep. to continue to promote Danny well, to this position. This is right after right after they had the little scene in the map room, you know, the room right next to the throne room where everybody else is still sitting and listening. <laughs> um, where Varys tells Danny, I told you, I promised you once that if I felt you were not going to be serving to mm-hmm. the, the people or whatever, I would tell you, and I'm telling you that now. Yeah. And it actually changes her mind a little bit to try to parlay, to actually give the chance to Cersei before she goes and just burns the crap out of King's Landing. And in that conversation, if you go back to when, when he made that promise, Danny promised that if she if he ever turned on her, he would burn her alive, or she would burn him alive. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, oh, part so of the, we have some foreshadowing exactly, there too. Exactly, and I thought that was really interesting. That only that he only paid attention to half of that prophecy or half yep. of that promise. <laughs> like uh, Varys, you're the dude of information. Like you should know the information that you're. Did you not take contemporaneous notes? I know. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, nice. that's, uh, that, that came to mind very quickly when he, when he said that to her. And then right after that, he's basically amounting to a treasonous conversation in the room next door. And I was like, oh, this is not going to end well for Varys. Like this. Nope. This can't. This can't be right. This can't be good. Nope, it can't. It can't. Yeah. So, I mean, all of this crazy shit is going on. So. You know, I, I think it's important that we talk about how happy Jamie and Brienne are up in Winterfell. <laughs> uh, well, well, okay, so you, we can talk about how happy Brienne was. Oh, yeah. right. But as For soon 2. as point three seconds, yeah. <laughs> until news comes of all this mess to Jamie, and it's like Jamie's. I don't know, inner sleeper cell radar goes off or something, and suddenly he has to rush back to Cersei. Like, he knew that everybody was going to go down there to get her and get her out of the throne, but all of a sudden, he just has to drop everything and go save her. What the fucks? Mm -hmm. I took that a different way, and I haven't seen many people that had the same opinion. I don't think that he dropped everything to go down and save her or be with her. I think the words mm. that he said to Brienne were just to get Brienne off his back, but he's actually going down there because he feels he's the person that knows her the best and has the best chance of countering her intuition. 
Hmm. Oh, I totally want it to be that. That's that's what I think. Like I I can't see because he already knew about the baby and he already already turned his back on all of that. It was a matter of saving a uh, human and you know he knew everybody was going down there to kill her or you know remove her root and stem like like right. she said. so it to me the only thing that makes sense for Jamie's story is to finally come into the reckoning that he needs to be yeah present to help them defeat her because only he knows her the, as well as he does. Yeah. I want I, that I to be it. I think you might end up with Jamie getting to be a king and queen slayer of one queen or another. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I, I want that to be it. That's not what they talked about in the after show. No. Yeah, but fuck them. I think they're misdirected. They, they've they've <laughs> they, they've misdirected before, and I think this was one of those times when they they gave you the story that you felt you wanted to hear because that's what made sense immediately. But as soon as you start looking under the under it a little bit, I think Jamie's going down there to help defeat Cersei because only he knows mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. But All I right. could be very very wrong so. on that. I have. I have both of them pegged as as dead on my on my Deadpool, so we'll see. <laughs> so then, you know, I don't love seeing Brienne crying in the courtyard over a guy, but I do like to interpret that she was crying over. I think what she thought is his lost chance uh, at honor, and not like he loves me because I don't think that's very her. I really don't. I don't care how much she loves someone. I think she would have been more likely to be angry. I think she's what she finds tragic is what she perceives as his his chance at an independent life. That's my thing. Yeah, I'm willing to accept that it's a combination of those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to think less of her that because it's this is a relationship that they have been developing for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's suddenly you're in the moment suddenly. And whether you're realizing it makes sense or not, then it, it's just so intense there. And so I think that could absolutely be contributing to it. But I think you're right. She's a woman of honor. And mm-hmm. I think it would hurt her that he suddenly lost his honor. Yeah. Or at least seems to have. He, he's he, he's uh, uh, lost the perception of the honor he had perceived to have reclaimed. Yes. <laughs> Let's mull over that while we go to outside the Red Keep. Where yeah. uh, Daenerys shows up on foot, P.S., in a phalanx of Unsullied. With, with, with Drogon her, with in the, the dragon. background. Oh, yeah, was he there? I missed in sight. There's right. a dragon in sight. He's just staying away because the the whole grounds are protected by the scorpions. There's yeah. dozens of them along the walls of King's Landing. Like, they have yeah. not yep. been just sitting idly by. No, they well, they found a weapon that worked and they made a lot of them. Yeah, and, it, it, you know, they had to build these big platforms for them, too, which was nice because it gave everybody a place to stand on the top of the wall there. Conveniently while so. While they're trying to intimidate the tiny representative army that Daenerys brought to negotiate. Now, I have a question about that. Do you think that she took just a single phalanx of Unsullied in order to deceivingly show how small her army was? Or is that just the core group that they wanted to take with them? 
I feel like John is marching along the King's Road, and that's not hard to see. This is just the negotiating. I don't think there was anything behind it, but these people will keep me alive. But otherwise, that's that. I agree. I agree with that. So then, you know, I don't know how much you want to go into this scene, but the bottom line is everybody tries. Big shocker. Cersei. uh, uh, Tyrion seems to make some inroads with Cersei, but maybe not. not. Here's the problem with that. He does so by saying, well, just protect your children. If If you go to war, your child is likely to die, the child that's inside you right now. And that. Oh, yeah. And that causes. Yes. That causes Euron to go, huh? Because how would he know that? Yeah, how would he know that? He's been up north this whole time, and she just told me like earlier this afternoon or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like um, that was actually strategy on Tyrion's part to be like knowing my sister well enough. I know that she lied to Euron, and then he's basically like your baby, the one you told me about three months ago. <laughs> yeah. In fact, if he had said that, Euron might have pushed her off the balcony. So, but I think it's laying the groundwork for for division. But unfortunately, none of that saves Miss Sunday, which is really sad. No, uh, she has a and, brave heart. But, moment. Even though you never really liked her, you know, I never liked how they treated her. It, I, okay, they never gave her. They were always like someone on Twitter and it wasn't me and I'm not going to take credit for it made a very good point which was like they didn't kill Daenerys's best friend. She was always in service to Daenerys. They killed Daenerys's best servant. And so did so Miss Undae's whole storyline was always in service. She first she was a slave and then she was in perpetual servitude to Daenerys and that's not really a just destiny for that character and there was like a lot of you know stress and upset about that and also that her death was solely meant to basically turn Daenerys into the Mad King between yep. losing Jorah and losing Miss Sunday and, uh, and two dragons don't like remember a Targaryen alone in the world is a terrible thing a pissed yeah. off Targaryen alone in the world is a terrible thing, especially one who's worried about another Targaryen who's more popular. Especially when her general's also pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my thing, when he said a Targaryen in the, alone in the world is a terrible thing, I, was, I always took that as, oh, the Targaryen is you know, going to be lonely and sad. And it's just Oh, sad. no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a terrible thing for the world, not for the for Targaryen. For the world. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, poor Miss Sunday, she gets one last word, Dracarys! And at which point I really did think that that dragon was going to come out and roast everybody or claw her up like an eagle in the Lord of the Rings. But uh, that didn't happen and she died and now all hell is going to break loose. Yeah. I really did expect Dragon to react to that. But again, they had their defenses ready. Mm -hmm. So that could have been really really bad mm-hmm. yeah i yeah. agree and that's it that's the end of the episode well yep. you, you get to see danny walk off uh and it's, it's yeah it's worth mentioning she's just as we talked several episodes seasons ago about how there's a point at which you understand that cersei has lost her grip on reality Mm-hmm. You, I got that same emotion from Danny as she was walking off. Like reality is slipping away and she's becoming 
centrally focused on just one thing, and it's not the thing that's going to give her the throne. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's not going to end well. Oh, but there's good news, which you reminded me of earlier. There's someone else that's going to come in and kill this one, too. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, I don't know. So that's the end of the episode. But, man, uh, what did you guys think about it, like, overall? Um, It's the breath between battles. And I liked it just fine. I, I like the Breath Between Battles ones better almost than the battles. Although I would imagine that this battle is going to be much more humanized and full of intrigue and interplay and two very important characters traveling on the road together. Um, so I think I'm going to like whatever this battle is. And I do, I have this, no, I'm not allowed to say that. Never mind. I was going to say, I have a theory that, and then I was like... Yeah, let's not go there, but for the love of God, please, let's have this battle in daylight. Yeah, please. Please. Yeah. Do you think it'll be an actual, like, large-scale battle, or do you think it's going to be more smaller fights here and there with some uh, some intrigue, some spying around, some sneaking, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff? Like, which which route do you... Because you've seen both in this show. I think it's going to be they're going to you're going to set you up like it's some big dragon battle and there will be but I think it's really going to be a, a like a sneaky a sneaky yep. double crossy blurpity derpity. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Okay. So And finally, uh we'll see. My, my last question, do you think we will see Kavara? Uh, um who? I don't know what you're talking about. Is that Ashara Dane? Um, that is the other red priestess, the one that, that, oh, uh, right, the hot one. Yeah. The Varys and, uh, Tyrion spoke to in, uh, Marine. Why? Yeah. Why would we see her? Why, why is that relevant? Well, I, I'm still waiting for rescue from without. I, I just, it, it's because they mention it during the show that, you know, the, the God of light hasn't, you know, what has he done now? Cause now that we've beat the, the night King, Where's the God of Light at now? And I just, mm-hmm. it, it, would, it wouldn't strike me as odd to suddenly see something along those lines happen yeah. in this show. Because as of now, yeah. the only mysticism left is Bran and Drogon. Hmm. So. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how about, how, how did you feel about this, Anthony? I didn't like it. Like overall, were you happy with the episode? I, I, Unhappy with? The I didn't episode? like it. I I yeah. liked that the stories went forward, and if you cut like half of the episode away, I would have been pretty happy with it. But some of the things really just the the scene with Braun, Jamie, and Tyrion. I thought that was seemed very rushed. I think it was it could have been done a lot better, and I didn't really like the yeah. flow of it. Um, although everyone that I know loved that scene, I didn't. I thought it was it was. It felt like an early draft of that conversation to me. Mm. And the fact that uh, some of the things like, you know, you try to suspend your disbelief and things, but how is Danny dry- flying on a dragon and can't see a fleet of ships hiding behind a rock? Right. Yeah. That is, you know, that, right. From that height. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point because the vantage point that we had from the camera, they were hidden behind uh, like a, a rock structure, yeah. but from that height, she should have been able to see that. And I think that was Edward's point when we were watching: is how can she be that stupid? Right. Like 
She should have seen that. Especially going back like, to Dragonstone, where you know she's going to go back to because it's an impenetrable fortress. And it's yeah. her home. It's where she was y'all born. Ever get the sense, y'all ever get the sense that Danny's only good at thinking about herself and maybe not so hot on military strategy? <laughs> <laughs> y'all ever hey, get I that? think this is a recurring theme. Y'all ever get that sense? Right. But, I mean, even <laughs> even in Westeros, you got, uh, like, you know, even, even in, in Essos and Westeros, you got to have, oh, hey, I've got great perspective from... Seven, I'm the 8, only Air in. Force, right? You know, I'm the, I'm it. I'm the Air Force. I should look around. Yeah, like be your own scout or send one Recon. of the dragons out to scout for you. And and you know, it just uh, that part of it really got me. And then, like I said, the conversation with Braun, it just felt rushed. It didn't feel, mm-hmm. didn't feel like a final draft of what we expected these characters. But yeah. um, especially having a Braun Tyrion conversation that didn't have me practically pissing myself. Yeah, it didn't totally. seem quite right. But other than that, I mean, mm. the story progression I thought was fine. I didn't necessarily care for the execution. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. the execution. Well, yeah, my cinnamon apple is now gone out of this thing, and I don't know what to do with myself. So. Hmm. hmm. Okay. I was actually surprised that we got down to King's Landing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, boom, suddenly... We're down there. Well, Richard, and you're they in squee- the... It felt like they squeezed it in. You're in the end game now. Well, right. So that's the thing, right? Like, they have two episodes left. They yeah. have three hours to wrap this up. Yep. And I've said this before. I'm going to be really pissed if this whole thing feels like an episode of Star Trek where everything gets fixed in the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think that's going to wrap it for us for this episode. So Jenny, where can people find you and all the cool stuff that you're up to? Because I know there's a lot of it. Running around New York City. Yeah. Running around (laughs) New York City and sometimes just on the floor crying. Uh, but uh, Twitter, J-E-N-N-I-E-J-23 is as good a place as any to find me. And um, I'm super appreciative of like literally everyone in my life who's been providing me with amazing support, including these two gentlemen. Oh, that's really nice. I hope you're recording the crying because that makes for good shows. Actually. I was in a You know what? It's funny. I was in a church. How about that? Jew in a church crying during evening song. That's where I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, are you hanging out in any churches these days? No, uh, I, I, I follow along with churches the way uh, oil and water mix together. So mm-hmm. you got to shake it, shake me up quite a bit before I end up uh, mixed in very well. Um, but you can All find right. me on Twitter at Ethan Kane, E-T-H-A-N-C-A-I-N-E. And I link there from there to all the other cool stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. And you can find me on Twitter at Richard Gunther, and you'll get a boatload of voices from my head on that account, as well as an occasional retweet from my dog's account because he's oh. adorable and he has his own account now, of Aww. course. Um, and Aww. speaking of uh, its own account, the show has its own account. Let's talk about thrones at gmail.com. Don, Sherry, Don again, Josh, Stephen, Mike, Stephen, Laundry, all the people. Thank you so much for the feedback. We will get to it. We promise. Uh, in a closeout episode, but thank you so much for your emails, and we will uh, hope to get some more for the next two episodes. 
Oh my god, it was some of it was so good. Thank you so much, everybody. We're looking forward to that, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Let's Talk About Thrones. Bye. See you. R-A-T-U-A-L-M-I-S-E-L-Y